Are you looking for an open-minded perspective? Different view or a different take? Well, this is Lost in the Groove, society and culture podcast, donor culture, and deep dive. See here, we're all about the experience, all about the journey, and getting into the groove. Hey everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Groove. Uh, we're listening to an interview with Rachel Spinner. Um, here to talk about learning disabilities, having a conversation more in depth of how it affects people's lives, the different ways that we can help the new generations and kids go through and be able to be a part of the world like everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. without... Without further ado, um, warm welcome. Rachel, do you want to give a little bit of introduction about yourself? Yeah. Uh, my name is Rachel Spinner. I am, uh, I've lived my life as a dyslexic and diagnosed with ADD when I was probably in second or third grade. And I was going through that academic journey. Um, and now a mom to my oldest is 16. My middle one is 13 and my youngest. 16? I know it's crazy. 16? <laughs> and my youngest, thank God, Gosh. is um, 10 and a half. And my oldest is has the same learning disabilities that I do. Um, wow. So raising him and, and helping him navigate his own academic journey, I really um, was very much aware of the parallels that I went through with my mom. And my mom was an educator. Um, she was the most amazing advocate for me. Um, when in the classroom, when I was saw, seen as a problem child, it was my mom who really hit the teachers across the head saying, she just learns differently. She's not a problem child. She's probably smarter than all of you put together. So yeah. Just because you learn differently, just because you process information differently does not mean that you don't hold or bring yourself to the table similar to that, to those without. No, you don't. And, and the, the, the opposite is I was raised in an environment where there was no programs. There was nothing. Uh, there was zero understanding and there was zero responsibility of the matter because whether it being nobody realized or nobody had an understanding, like you were saying with your mom, being able to say, hey, you know, this is my child. You know, I come from an education background. I understand this, you know, and I know that it's not there's no it's not a problem. It's just that the learning has to be done differently. Um, people don't realize that one process doesn't fit each mold especially when you're dealing with education and especially when you're dealing with kids, the one block system. Well, I think that the one block system is really vintage now, like teachers regard, whether it's in the yeshiva day school system or in later, like there are a lot of educators who, who think out of the box and try to, you know, create learning environments that are very hands-on, very tactile. Um, and even in the, I can't speak for for public the public school system because really all I've been exposed to, even as a child and as a parent, 
with children in school. It's always been the Yeshiva Day School. Um, educators- private, private school. Private school, thank you. Yeah. Um, educators are taught with different learning systems that can adapt. And that was not the case when I was growing up. There's different reading systems. There's different math systems. And math systems, you know, are are fads that go in and out um, because right. they really do a, a great debrief of what works and what's not. There's no box anymore. No, and it <clears throat> it's different because when you look at the public system compared to private, and when, you know we're specifically talking about um, private Jewish school, but when you look, for example, private Muslim school or the private Christian schools, you run into the same problem again with the the one block system, where even though that you have religion and faith that is brought in and is being educated with kids, there is still a lack of understanding of there needs to be a different approach. You know, we gave in an example earlier, okay, hence dyslexia, directions, okay? For me, and um, you said you was with the, it was with the sign? Whenever I make, whenever I'm giving someone directions or if I'm telling my son to make a left or a right, like, I, like I'll just quickly, very subtly, like sign L for left to make sure that I'm actually saying the right direction. So you're going to go this way. You're going to make a left <laughs> without it. But I'm so subtle that nobody sees it. But it's my own little secret that I sh- that apparently I'm sharing with everybody. Oh, my God. Everybody knows now, Rach. Everybody knows. Yeah. So bottom line, I don't know my left from my right unless I make the L. Because uh-huh. if it's not L, then it's right. So... <laughs> Yeah, mine is not that exciting for me is um for me is everything is imagery that's how i remember things yeah. so i see you know this the camera's confusing me now no, but, but i hear what you're saying i can see a hand side and i can picture which direction to go um i think this is like a, a prime of example of if you're dealing with a kid that has like this problem that we both are dealing with as an adult um it's an issue that it needs to be addressed with. I mean, the I mean, the kid's kind of curious, like, does everybody know? Why I go that way, and why can't I figure that out? Right. It's uh, but it's also coming to the table with like confidence. Like, yeah, right. I still have trouble with my left and my right. Get over it. I'm still a special person. I'm a person with substance, and I can, you know, bring a lot to our relationship, to our dynamic. So. You know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but I do think that individuals uh, with learning disabilities and with um, ADD really find their own coping mechanism. Um, and I think they learn a, a certain level of hustle that most people don't have. There's a certain level of creativity because they have to be so creative with learning the material they are presented, whether it's cramming for exams or a big presentation and it like even in the workforce you know like i will i have a different way of creating material that i'm supposed to present to to a group of people and it's no different from a group project that you're presenting in fifth grade you know it's 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 you know it's all about the way our minds connect on something when we're creating something exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and 
if you want to make that process work, you have to allow each person to contribute. In their own way. Exactly. Right. Yeah, in their own way. Like some people will come to. Um, Sorry. No, no problem. Some people will come to a meeting with a notebook with annotations and highlights and different colors and tabs and like that kind of material is my worst nightmare. But for me, it's no cards and prompts and visual cues and my own personal checklist of making eye contact, of slowing down my speech, of decreasing the use of the word um and like, um, because I know that that is my stalling tactic. So I try my, I try to avoid those. And I also take Ritalin every day still as an adult. So I don't take it on the weekends when I'm not working. I take it every morning before I go to work. And it's been a game changer for me. I started taking it when I was in second grade. I went off of it uh, in college because I thought it was like a, a, a suppressant in a way. It, it didn't, it, it took away from my personality. And when I was dating and getting to know people and building relationships, I didn't want to be up. I don't, what's the, what's the word for par of in English? Like a, a bland version of myself. Yeah. God, par of. So far of. So I was a bland version of myself and I took myself off of it and I had to work harder in school to make up for that. Um, and as I became a parent and saw very similar learning uh, habits with my son and he was diagnosed with learning disabilities and he was diagnosed with dyslexia and he has ADD. I put myself back on it just as he was getting on it when he himself was in second grade. So my productivity work-wise um, really improved significantly. And I saw the same improvements with my son and medication doesn't work for everyone. It worked for me. It worked for my son. We did vision therapy. We did you know, executive functioning, coaching, just trying every tactic we possibly could to avoid the medication because we wanted to say that we tried. Um, but it, it worked, it worked for him. It worked for him and for yeah, me. Yeah. And, and, and that was something that I, I did want to bring up because <clears throat> there, there's a, a problem when you bring up that up, when you bring up the conversation of medication, because there are people that will angry say, Oh, you know, ADHD and ADD and dyslexia, they're not really, um, they're not really, really diseases or disabilities of anything in regard. You shouldn't be with medication. I come with the approach of is I like to hear both sides, you know, and I love that idea of we're, okay, look, we're trying all of these different things. We're trying vision therapy, you know, we're doing this approach and we come to the realization that this is the best one that that's the best for me or for you or for your child, um, it all comes down to an individual setting. You know, you have to be able to look at the research in front of you, see which one is the best approach to go. And you have to make the best choice that works for you, not for the other person. Right, right. I The things that I really do encourage with uh, when I see parents dealing with their difficult child or their different child, whether it's a developmental disability or a learning disability or just some kind of just 
any child that's different in any way, you need to know that there are people around you that could be helpful. There are people that you can go to to ask these questions. There are other parents. Like it's really important for somebody to accept the situation that they're in with their child or themselves and talk about it. Um, taking down the the stigma is really the like the most important thing that you can do for yourself and for your child is remove that stigma and be open about it and give off the 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 front or the tone that you are trying to deal with it not trying to fix it because not everything is fixable no. but okay this is your situation and how will you navigate your journey or your child's journey whether it's academic or in life um, with this in mind you have to work around it and there are problems and there are situations and those are also on the flip side different opportunities so it's really the step one is trying is acceptance and taking down that stigma and where do we go from here it's all about breaking the barriers yes very much so it's kind of strange in how far we've gotten i mean in the span of i would say uh 28 30 28 to 30 years a lot has changed in the educational system a lot of different programs have uh come to be and new ideas from different researchers and putting that all aside the the one thing that i worry the most is is access because realistically we live in a country with a really poor poor way of how medical insurance is given out throughout and when you have people that um come from low income homes and you know they have kids that have these learning disabilities they have adhd they have add um dyslexia and so on how would you know are there programs now do the do they have an ability to be taken care of i do think that depending on the school system that you're in depending on the library system that is implemented within your your county or your district right uh, all there's everything every practice that is put into motion, whether it's in a public school system or a private school system, everything is documented and everything is, is published. So you can just go to your, to your local library. And if you have Wi-Fi, there's so much more out there now than there was 30 years ago because of the internet and because of TikTok and because of social media, like don't, don't do not underestimate the amount of information and and just TikTok in of itself is a huge resource. All you have to do is fo follow the right um, educators and the right doctors, the right psychiatrists that focus on learning disabilities. And even if it's learning different tips and tricks on how to help your child, whether it's getting a filter, like, do you remember like they had these like um, transparencies that the teacher would write and it would project onto the board. Mm -hmm. It would just like reflect and magnify. Yeah, the the giant light. I remember those. Yeah, it had yes. like a giant light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the teacher would write on these transparent sheets. Okay. The transparent sheets come in different colors. 
So depending on how you process information, all you have to do is get a blue transparency and just put it right on top of your book. And it's and depending on what your eye processes, whether it's a red transparency sheet or green or blue, the blue is what worked for me. And I would put that sheet on every single book that I was reading on every single page. And I hated reading as a child, but it made it more tolerable. So again, back to TikTok, it's these little tips and tricks that can help, you know, lessen the the harshness of reading that black and white page. And it depends on the type of font. It depends on the color. I know. I know. It depends on what type of environment, like these little tips and tricks that can help make it less so. And I kept all of that on TikTok of stuff that that I took years of me to build for myself and for my child, who's now 16. But years, and now it's just, it's at your fingertips. You just keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And for those, the low-income families... (laughs) And living in a really, you know, disadvantaged area, start with social media and start with TikTok and start joining the right groups. There you go. There you go. And step one, these are just like things that, that I know a psychiatrist is very expensive. I know getting a full psychoed evaluation in New York can start anywhere between thirty five hundred to seven thousand dollars. It like, and that's just a psycho. A full psychoed evaluation is a report that is generated on how your child learns. So it's like anywhere between like a few hours to a few days process of sitting with your child and doing different like worksheets and and they really do a full analysis on how your child processes information and that report is given to your educators and they are trained to learn and 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 internalize how this child can function in my classroom that's expensive that's crazy um it's it's, it's, i mean it's it's god sorry um It's just it's just wild that to be able to um to like go through that whole process, like literally have somebody sit down with your kid and do all of these tests. Uh but I mean, like you said, you know, the, we do have we do have the accessibility of social media and it is a great benefit. You do have also a lot of um different programs, like you mentioned, that are online that you can just jump on and you could be a part of. It's kind of strange for me because I feel like I'm one of the last generations, you know, like 95 to 99, where we're like pre-mid-internet. Yeah. So, you know, it was like all library and all books and all black and white. And the Dewey Decimal System. (laughs) Does that not stress you out hearing that word? Yeah. Does your anxiety level go up? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, this is one of the benefits of, like, modern day technology, because, like, there's no more boards, no more pamphlets. No, it's it's just click a button and the multiplication tables right there. Right. And we have full access to any number. If you want to learn how to deliver a child in a car, if you want to learn how to, you know, 
jumpstart, you know, a motorcycle. Like you just Google it. Or a tractor trailer. That too. Go for it. (laughs) But if you really want to learn how to set the proper foundation for math and reading, there are tips and tricks to really build those tools so you can build and build and build and please god either cure cancer um because i i warren buffett dyslexic add um who is it Uh, richard branson textbook add some of the most yes some of the most successful individuals and i'm just Mm. you know no, the feminist in me is like Rachel. Name a woman, but like I can't. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of one. Give me but a minute. Most of the six most successful people out there today, known successful people out there today, are um, learned the hustle because of their academic disadvantage, because of their learning disadvantage. They had to overcome. They had to overcome. So, yeah. I will, I, will, I will say this, though. When it comes to math, I, I failed every year. Every, yeah. every, like, I failed math. Like, I, I should have gotten an award from the school, but they didn't. It's okay. I forgive them. Uh, and that was one thing that like, I never could figure out fly through anything. Like, even now, like, I've, I learned some tips and tricks. But my version of math presently is open a yeah. calculator. But what's unfair is you are not allowed to touch a calculator up until seventh grade. And after seventh grade, you are encouraged to use a calculator. There's that pivot because I I don't even know why. I'm sure I know why. But like you need to learn the foundations of math. And still today, I can't. If you ask me six times six, I know is 36. But six times seven, I'm screwed. I think it's 42. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll still need a calculator. Because wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone, ladies and gentlemen. What was it, six it's times? Six times seven, 42. Am I right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, we can move on. Yeah, we can, we can move on. So I'm impressed with myself. But if I had to like do any kind of subtraction, I'd be screwed. I'm not going there. I'm not Thank subtracting you. on this podcast. <laughs> I think I've proven enough. Yes. <laughs> but listen, I mean, back to, it's just, it's a level of acceptance and it's a level of fine. This is what we're dealing with as an individual or as a parent. How do we, you know, go from here? And you, a formal education plan, a formal, you know, Get everything documented. If you're, if you have the ability to get your child an IEP and have services granted to them, have everything documented and save it somewhere because that child will need it later on. I have my psychoed evaluation from when I was a kid and I used it in getting my son documented. So like, it's just, it's having the foresight to really plan and just scan everything and just save it into a Google Drive. Like you'll be fine. Yeah, don't don't no hard copies anymore because no. that stuff can burn. Ain't yeah, nobody you, got time for that. So ain't got like, nobody. Ain't got nobody got no time for that. 
I yeah. uh, one thing I, I would I did want to go into was <clears throat> what do you what are the main primary differences between ADHD and ADD? Because a lot of the times people mix ADHD and ADD together, but they are quite different from so one another. Currently, it's all under ADHD. So attention deficit hyperactive disorder, there's a hyperness to it where you can't like sit down and you're all over the place. And this is just really layman's terms. And ADD is attention deficit disorder. So you're sitting in your seat. This is how I process it. But you just can't focus. It's like the quintessential scene in Up where the dog is like squirrel, squirrel. So, but now everything is under ADHD. Oh, damn. So, oh, no yeah. AD, so now ADHD is the... Is the umbrella of, of the hyperactive, of the attention deficit disorder. Dumb. It's very strange because I, I feel like there's a lot of terms that they've, like, changed. You know, for example, on how, like autism was approached and then how dyslexia was approached. Like I found out a while ago, but like a couple of months ago, I had, a, I was talking uh, with a coworker and I said, you know, I was dyslexic. And she then asked me like, what type? And I was like, what do you there mean? And I was like, what do you mean there's a type? And she's like, well, there are types of dyslexia. And I'm like, there is. And she's like, yes. And then like, I went online and I read an article about this and I was like, when, when did this happen? I never, I never heard about this. So I can't really speak to like the formal terms of, I just know that, you know, I can only speak for what I've been through as an individual and as a parent. Um, I'd love to get that cheat sheet one day. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, Wait, maybe I don't have dyslexia. If that's if there are other terms for it, what am I now? Am I lost? I feel like an orphan. But uh, <laughs> Dewey Decimal System. N- but <laughs> we're going to be counting. Anybody that's been counting up to this point, leave it in the comment section below. <laughs> yeah, um, but again, I can only speak to my experience, and I think you know. I keep saying it's the level of the hustle and we have more of a hunger for that hustle than most people because we have what to make up for. One thing about, um, one thing about, for example, people that have learning disabilities is a lot of them become artists, you know, uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, sometimes artists come out of trauma, which is very famous. Um, but other times, And like, you know, me as an artist and I've had conversations with other people um, as well, that's artists and learning disabilities. Oh, my God. Uh, It's like self-expression. It's just like so hard to be able to explain yourself that the only way to do it is express it in your art. Um, It's about putting pen to paper. You can't write if if I were asked to write an entire paragraph on whatever subject i would like i i would i would collapse you know if you want me to write something um but if you wanted me to draw it or if you wanted me to color um i could do that and 
anyone who channels that level of creativity, whether it's through, you know, having a cricket machine to be, to create these like different layers of, I don't know, cake toppers, or if you wanted to, um, had an incredible ability to paint with watercolor or with acrylic. Like it's, it's a level of creativity that is tapped into because the ability of putting pen to paper is impossible to other people. So it's how you process the information, how, how your communication um, channel is defined. It's, it's kind of baffling because we as humans up until this point, have very, we have knowledge, but, we have a very low knowledge and understanding of how the human brain actually works and functions. Yeah. And in, you know, you have to understand like all of this comes from the brain. It's the way the brain functions is how your brain is functioning on an everyday day basis. And there's something different of how the brain is processing. It's different how everybody, but yet, it's complex in thought, but yet in process, all it is, is just a different process. That's it. We yeah. learn differently. We process information differently. That's all it is where we live. There's the box of how things should be processed. We live outside of the box and we process it how it should not be processed according to them. It's all subjective. Yeah. It's and kind of fun. It's kind of funny because we get a lot more work done. Just say, yeah, just saying. It depends. Just saying. It depends. Yeah, on the it does depend. Um, but I, I shy away from collaboration because I just do things differently. Sometimes, I, in some ways, I'm more efficient. Um, but I shy away from collaboration. I'm great to work with because I have a great work ethic, but I don't have the patience to work with anybody else because they work so differently. And, but I have to accept that I'm the different one, you know? Um, yeah. it's, all, it's all about it again. It's all about perspective. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I've had to learn, for example, was communication in regards to other people, because my biggest problem is I talk out of my head 99% of the time without so, a filter. I don't have a filter. I never, I've never had I've, nothing I've, but filter, <laughs> which is interesting how well this conversation is going. I know. <laughs> um, but I, I have absolutely no filter and it's just the way that my, my brain processes in, information and what's kind of, um, what I kind of find very strange is, is that when you sit down and you actually <clears throat> talk with a group of different people, or for example, you're a teacher and you're, you're talking to a group of students in a classroom, well, you're telling these people, every single person is going to interpret it differently. Yeah. It's so, all about perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh that's the name of the game you know um but dave unfortunately i'm being called in different directions by my children <laughs> and unexpectedly i'm really i i think we have to um present our final thoughts i'm so mm. sorry 
no you're fine yeah um well i really appreciate you um coming on to the podcast and um spending your time here uh what is uh, something that you want to leave off in regards to like the work that you're doing now or kind of the program that you're working on um So I'd love to think that I'd love to say that there's any specific program that I'm working on. Um, But if I could be of some help or some resource to, to somebody who has a child who thinks differently or out of the box, I'd love to provide any kind of guidance. Um, You can reach me through Dave. Um, But it's um, every problem or hurdle is an opportunity. That's bottom line. So. Well, um, I, sorry, I will say this. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, um, spending your time talking about this. I mean, especially when it comes to learning disabilities, there's so much, you know, misinformation and sometimes people are so afraid to ask, th- ask those questions that need to be asked. Uh, so very happy for you to come on and answer some of those questions. Uh, be sure to check out the podcast at Lost in the Groove Pod on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And Rachel, where can anybody on you if they want to find uh, on you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I, I believe it's our spinner, but just look for Rachel Spinner and you can follow me there. All right. Well, thank you so much for everybody being here. We'll catch you on the next episode of Lost in the Groove. Bye, everybody.